Welcome to Try Not to Overthink It. I'm RJ. I'm Unique. And I'm Khalil. Every day, just like you, we find ourselves trying to make sense of this crazy thing that we all call life. As peers in the healthcare profession, we find ourselves discussing and debating many different topics. After many heated debates, we decided to both expand upon these topics and give our viewpoints on them as licensed therapists and social workers. If this is your first time here, we'd like to thank you for checking us out. And we hope that you'll stay and become part of the tribe and participate in the conversations. So today we're going to talk about socially acceptable behavior. This is something that uh, we were, we kind of were brainstorming some ideas of what to talk about for today's topic and the whole situation with the NCAA kind of came about. So uh, that's what, that's what, you know, spark this today's topic. So with social acceptable behaviors, they're actions that are normally viewed as appropriate to engage in in the presence of other people. What I find very perplexing and mind blowing is that as progressive as a society that we live in in 2023, we still have to discuss what's socially acceptable, what behaviors are okay and which ones are not. And for those of you who don't really follow sports like that, the, excuse me, the NCAA women's basketball tournament concluded on the 2nd of April. What should have been a celebration uh, for a lifetime of hard work and dedication for these young ladies um, that all culminated with them winning a national championship uh, by LSU turned into a media media spectacle. What made it a spectacle is when one of the winning players, Angel Reese, uh, did the John Cena uh, in the direction of one of the players on the opposing team, Caitlin Clark. Caitlin, coincidentally, had done the exact same thing 48 hours uh, when her team beat the University of South Carolina. What makes this very interesting is that when Caitlin did the John Cena, it was seen as competitive. It was okay. Um, that that showed that she had that fire in her and she's, you know, she's a winner. But then when Angel did it, it was seen as classless. It was seen as ghetto. It was seen as being a poor sport. It, I mean, it was all types of negative things. And so for me... Um, being a person that has played sports, you know, a large chunk of my life from being a child to being a teenager playing sports, playing video games competitively, um, trading card games competitively, pretty much if you, you can do it competitively, I probably have done it. So to have done all of those things, I can tell you that talking smack is a, is a huge part of anything that is competitive. If you're playing Uno, people get competitive. You're playing spades. People get competitive and start talking smack. Spades might end up in a fight. Yeah, it might even end end up in a fight. But what blows my mind is the fact that how it was okay for the Caucasian young lady to do the gesture of you can't see me and then point to her ring finger. But then, well, no, she she just did this. But then when Angel Reese did it, who happened to be African-American, you know, then it became... And they, and, well, no, no, they weren't winning. They won, yeah, they won. you know, mm-hmm. then it became, it became a whole different thing. It, be, it, was, it, it, it was, it was, it was, it was positive. The way that they won too. It wasn't like, okay, they just won by two or three points. No, they got blown out. They blew them out. And she yeah. said, oh, and I listened to an interview with Angela and she was just like how, when the other young lady did it, she was just like, she did it to African-American players. And mm-hmm. she said the move was not just about her. It was okay, so you couldn't see them, right? So this is for my girls. You can't see us, mm-hmm. and we got the ring. And so I yeah. think when we start, I, I mean, I'm gonna let you get back to your statement before I go in because I, I was moved not just because it was sports, but um, because I mean, policed so much as black women. To me, I, I think that it it's much deeper than just. In, into sports. Me personally, I feel that this is a, and this is where, like I said, that's what, that's what, you know, makes this whole conversation mind blowing and perplexing is the fact that, you know, this is a much, this is a, I guess, a smaller version of what happens in everyday society in regards mm-hmm. to, you know, race and equality, where things are seen one way when you look a certain way, but then they're seen a completely different way when you look a different way. And so for me, with this whole situation, this brings up much bigger, uh, much bigger and more serious conversation than just taunting somebody, Mm -hmm. you know, because the taunting thing, I mean, well, that's a part of sports. That, that's all that, athletic. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. Yeah, it's been going on so, so for me to, 
to to see some of the things that people were saying, you know, calling her names. This is a child. This is a child. Well, she's an a adult. college kid. Well, she is an adult. But she, she's an adult. She's, she's a young adult. She's a young mm-hmm. lady who is finding out herself who's at still a very impressionable age because you're still finding yourself at mm-hmm. 19, 20, right? Um, and I think people judge her appearance on the court as a whole person. That's um, the content I've of her seen, character. That's the content yeah. of her character. I've seen people come for her, the her hairstyles, the fact yeah. that she has one leg up, like her her fashion sense on the court. And she's from but Maryland. She represents people. Come on, people who see her outside of that. Like I've watched like her TikToks, her YouTube, and she's a girly girl through and through. Right. Okay. Like she's going to yeah. be dressed down regardless of wherever she is. She's gonna mm-hmm. have her hair done. She's gonna have her nails done, and she's gonna show up to the scene popping her itch and she said it she's like i'm gonna pop my stuff wherever i go but what other what 19 20 year old do we know that doesn't do that doesn't do that right they're all no matter the race no matter the background 20 19 20 year olds we think we go through this phase where we're like i'm grown and you can't tell me otherwise Mind yeah. you, your parents still paying probably most of your bills. Most of your bills. But you, you, you're grown and nobody can tell you different. And so she's living that life. She's just enjoying her life. And right. it just so happens to be that she does it on national television mm-hmm. while she's playing a sport that she loves that is putting her through school to do something yep. greater. Right. Whether right. it's go to the WNBA or to enter into a field that she loves and that drives her passion, whatever it is, this is funding that. Right. And she's capitalizing on it. Well, and the funniest thing is they're entertainers. Um, if they weren't entertainers, uh, let's not forget Brandon Miller, right? Brandon Miller was an uh, Alabama um, basketball player. Um, they got knocked out the tournament, but they made it to like the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight or something like that. And he was involved in a uh, a murder. It, it it wasn't him who did the murdering, but he gave someone a gun, and that person murdered a, a young lady with that gun. Okay, he was still allowed to play. All right, he was still allowed to perform. All right, the boosters weren't going to take him out that game, so because mm-hmm. Alabama's very competitive in uh, oh, yes. you know, collegiate sports, and he got to play. They actually patted him down before he came out. And, and everybody was like, why are you patting down somebody wearing basketball shorts in a, what is he going to have on him? <laughs> right? But because they're entertainers and uh, a lot of people make a lot of money off that, right? Yes, About uh, these players. Guess what? It's entertainment. They let him get on that court. Mm-hmm. Right? And for me, since it is entertainment, we will see gestures. We will see people showboating. It's been like that for, for centuries. Why all of a sudden, is this such a big thing and why is it politicized? And yeah, they were um, both invited to the White House. Since when does the winner and the loser go to the White House? Does the loser go to the White House? I'm not coming. And so that's why, uh, you know, when I found that out, I was just kind of hurt. Cheryl Miller, uh, I just read an article she wrote about. Cheryl was an excellent college player. She won two championships. Her brother, Reggie Miller, played in the NBA. And he Mm -hmm. always talked smack, the big (laughs) smack talker. Him and Spike Lee used to go back and forth. Yeah, because I remember him doing this to them on the on the sidelines. It's been like that, and and she said yeah. competitive sport. People are it is entertainment. You post a you post a showboat, especially when you're playing at the top of your game on mm-hmm. national TV. Mm-hmm. People are going to do that. I yeah. don't understand where this disconnect came from. That all of a sudden she's a thug and she's uh you know one of those misguided youths and she doesn't know what she's doing. What are you talking about? She's a well, performing basketball player. The the reason that narrative started to come out was because of course she looks like us. Right. And so we, that's where, like, like I said, as progressive as we are as, as a society, we still want to label people, you know, at times of color with negative connotations and negative mm-hmm. stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like that's what that's what bothered me about the whole thing. It wasn't the fact she was taunting her, you know, because hey, that's what that's what you that's what you do in sports. And I remember my mom, my mom played sports as well. You know, one of the things she used to say all the time, if you can't take it, don't dish it. Don't you know, it. and so, you know, because like being a kid, you you see it on TV, you're doing it. 
And so you do it in a game and then you lose. Now you're upset that you lost. Mm -hmm. You know, my mom, I remember my mom telling me that when I was a little boy, you know, if you can't take it, don't dish it, you know, but you know, the narrative that is being spun of, Oh, you know, this, that, and the third. And people said the same thing, you know, in regards to, uh, well, the coach for the university of South Carolina, uh, Dawn Staley, she spoke about that, about some of the ridiculous things that people were saying about her players and their physical style of play, you know, that they're thugs and they're street fighters and this, that, and the third. And people were saying, yeah, calling them animals, all types of stuff. And so what, what blew my mind was when, when, when she said that she brought that up, people, oh, that's just, you know, sour grapes. You're, you're a poor loser. You're mad because your team lost, but then not even, not even a week later when, you know, Miss Reese did. You know, Miss Miss Reese did 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 this to did this to to the to the other young lady. Then it be, it becomes the same. It becomes the same thing. And so for me, we got to be better than this. Like we have to be better than this. And what this really showed, like with some of the the comments that I was hearing from grown adults, not it. You know, like I probably it, 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 yeah, it probably would hit different if it was a peer. But you have grown grown adults grown who are saying stuff that are you know too you know. In comparison to you in your age, your your stage in life, this is a child. And so you were you were you were being far and exceedingly over the top. But what this showed was uh, there's a guy. Uh, he's a German playwright, poet, scientist and statesman, too. His name was uh, Johann Wolfgang von Guth. I think that's how you say his last name. And he said, behavior is the mirror in which everyone shows their image. And so for a lot of people who were saying these ugly and negative things, this, this showed, this showed something about yourself. I mean, but are we surprised? This is America. Are we surprised? Well, in society, we understand that certain behavior is accepted, um, but it's actually only accepted in certain cultural, um, like you can't. When one culture can benefit from it. Right. Like that's true. It's okay for me to, you know, get loud and and and, and um, have a little party, dance a little bit with my family and friends, as long as I'm around a certain culture. But if I mm-hmm. was doing it and 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 I was at a, a somebody else's party who might be from a different culture, I'm loud, I'm ignorant. You know what I mean? Or, or we're all at the um, at the um, little cookouts that they do sometimes in the park areas. Oh, that look at them! They just overtook the whole park. The music is all loud, so we know that there yeah. is some double standards, and there's some certain mm-hmm. socially accepted behavior that's not accepted in the mainstream society. Even though we are the mainstream, certain behaviors we'd had to assimilate to, uh, and if we didn't assimilate, if we didn't start to act like the majority, we're mm-hmm. always looked at as we're savages, we're wild, we're untamable, like we were mm-hmm. animals. Mm-hmm. So we have to kind of really understand where people are coming from. The mainstream does look at other cultures as being wrong. Even, yeah. even Asians, American Indian, Natives. Anybody who doesn't assimilate to the right. European version of what American, like just back in the day, what this version looked like, then you were wrong. So the, so like when it comes to things like, you know, what's socially acceptable and I have this conversation with people all the time, you know, like we, when we talk about like just in the term of psychology, we talk about what is considered, you know, unstable, right. You know, and, and I've had this conversation and debate with people all the time, depending on the time frame you live in, depending on where you're, where you live, the culture that you're a part of. What's abnormal for, for me may be normal for you mm-hmm. and vice versa. And I think that when it, when it gets down to it, if it doesn't benefit the, the collective, that means everybody. It doesn't mean just the people that look like me or from the same place as me or the people that talk like me or walk like me or dress like me or, you know, or educated the same level as me. If it doesn't benefit the collective, it needs to go in the trash. And so the way that well, we... I agree with that, but go ahead. I, I'll, I, I'll say my piece. I, I feel like you know the thing, the way that we treat each other, you know, is not conducive to everybody. It's conducive to some people, right. and so if it's not conducive to like, because we've talked about the the sense of community mm-hmm. and the sense of oneness, if it's not conducive to taking care of the entire community and not just one or two people, then it it, it got to go because again it doesn't benefit everybody. It only benefits some people. And so, you know, like social norms, 
are a pretty good, you know, social norms are pretty much what allow people to misbehave or behave. Right. You know, because okay. those, 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 yeah, those social norms are, are what are what are judging you. They're they're what you are being compared to. And so the fact that this young lady is being compared to something negative, you know, because she looks different than the other girl when the other girl did the same thing. It'd be a different story if they did two different things. Two different things, right. Mm-hmm. Be be a completely different conversation if they had done two different two different gestures, two different things, then we'd be having a different conversation. But they did the same exact thing. They're both young ladies roughly around the same age. What's and the, it what, in the same what, context? In in the same context. It wasn't like she went out of her way to do something that, you know, it, it's in the same context, the same gesture. They're the same, roughly the same age. They're doing the same thing. What what's the difference? One is Caucasian, one is African American. Well, and that's my problem. And so the, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Janine. That's what I'm saying. As far as if it doesn't benefit the masses, then it needs to go. I think one of the things our downfall in just the Western culture is not embracing people's differences. Right. right? Mm-hmm. We if, if you don't assimilate to what I see as best for me, then it's wrong. And I think just keeping it in the context of mental health, there have been times where I've had to advocate for people of different cultures um, in meetings and say, well, in their culture, this is normalized. And so Mm -hmm. just because I don't agree with or I don't come from this background means that it's wrong. There are African and Caribbean cultures who believe in spiritualisms and divination. And so Mm -hmm. they believe in being possessed. If mm-hmm. they come to me and say, I feel like the devil is taking over me to the yep. most to most Western cultures, people say that yep. person's delusional. There are some psychosis there. Yeah. <laughs> Put them in the hospital today. Okay. Go get lock them up. Lock them but up. there have been times when I said, Well, wait, let's hear what they're saying first and take into consideration. If this person, we've had like Nigerian clients at an agency I work for, and they were like, well, you know, this person, I said, well, what's their, what's their identity? Like, well, how do they identify? They were like, well, they're Nigerian American. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not Nigerian, but I know that African culture is very spiritual in nature. Like their spiritual beliefs are a lot different from ours. And so we have to look at, is this their spiritual part coming in? Like, is this their, their cultural reference? And I don't want to throw that out because there might be something in their cultural reference that can help them out, right? Looking at this situation with this young lady, the cultural reference was trash talking in, yeah. the, sport, in the sporting environment. Is mm-hmm. that something that should be thrown out? No. no. Why shouldn't it be? Because trash talking is something that raises the adrenaline. It it fuels the game it creates an environment where the, it raises the competitive environment right mm-hmm. is it something that could be contentious to the onlooker absolutely but does that make it wrong no. no are there things in black communities that to the onlooker might appear to be devastating or damaging yes right there are lots of things, lots of nuances for the African-American. I don't want to speak outside of African-Americans, but African-Americans specifically, the way mm-hmm. we raise our kids, the way we yeah. attend church, the food that we eat. Um, the way we talk to each other. The way we talk to each other. I might say, instead of if I see someone with a nice outfit, I'm not going to say, wow, you look beautiful. There are times that I do. But nine times out of ten, girl, that dress is dressing. Right, right. You wear the dress. Killing it. In yeah. church, we take a shoe off. If somebody is singing good, I'm going to take that shoe off and I'm going to have it up like I'm about to throw it at them. To an onlooker? Onlooker? Like, what? She, that's offensive. She's throwing her yeah. shoe. She needs not do that. She just told that girl she's wearing that dress. That's in her. That, she's sexualizing her. Right. If I say that booty, girl, that booty is sitting, honey. No black woman is offended by that. Right. No, not at all. If a black man, even if a black man says to a black woman, girl, that thing is, you dragging that wagon. She's not offended by it. No, nah, she's not. But somebody hearing that, oh, you're over-sexualizing her. That's offensive. This is in the t- day and age we live in. You can't say that. No, don't don't minimize my culture because you don't understand it. 
And don't demean things. Comes in. Right. Don't demean things that are actually seen as 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 tons of endearment, endearment. because right. your culture doesn't have that. And I think in our Western world, we do that a lot. When well, we I mean, when the masses and the people who have the most power don't understand, cannot profit off of it. Yeah. Um, then it is pride. demonized. But they still well, I think, I think that the issue, like a lot of times, there has to be, and we talked about this in the racism episode, there has to be conversations of education, yes. mm-hmm. you know, where you teach people about who you are. Yeah. Because most people are only concerned about what specifically applies to them and the people that they interact with on a regular basis. So mm-hmm. when we have these conversations where you teach people about your culture, that's what I loved about, you know, being a child. You know, being a child and traveling and being able to see different places and meet new people, I was able to be immersed in other people's cultures. So I got a chance to learn about other people. Yeah, it's true. People got to travel. Um, But, you know, for for us and I and and I've had this conversation with both my younger brother and my and my younger sister in regards to being a brand ambassador for what it means to be Mm African-American, because you don't just represent yourself like You might be the only person that someone who has never walked a day in their life as an African-American person. You might be the only person they know past good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Exactly. And so when you put on for us, guess what you put on for everybody that looked like us. And so you can potentially change people's thoughts, feelings, opinions, and their beliefs about people who look like you, not just for you, but everybody that comes after you that they interact with. So their thought process may be when they first see an African-American person is, oh man, I need to be scared. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, oh man, you know, I might need to put my wallet up or put my phone away. Tuck tuck, tuck my chain in my shirt, (laughs) you know, but then sitting down, meeting and talking to you, oh man, you know, African-American people ain't that bad. They ain't what I thought they were or what I was told they were. You know, because yeah, yeah, because the thing is what happens you know, most people's negative connotations or negative associations with people who look differently from them is never most times it's in, in most cases, it is never firsthand. It's normally second, third or fourth hand. Right. You heard from somebody who heard from somebody else how these people act or how those people carry themselves or how these people conduct themselves. And it's not until you sit down and have a conversation with someone that they that you're like, whoa, you know, because I've had that. I've had that happen to me plenty of times. Where I've had people tell me you speak so well, right. you know, and I had to ask my dad, and I was just like, and I had to ask my dad. I said, should I be offended? And my dad was like, you know, he kind of laughed, and he was like, no, you should. Be. He said, he said, no, you shouldn't be offended. He said because their thought process when they looked at you was one thing, and then when you spoke, their thought process changed. And you can, there are times like where I've gone to engagements and spoke to people or talked to people about different things. And you could see it in their face. They were thinking one thing. And then by the time we were done talking, their thought process, their minds, their mindset shifted. And so for me, I'm definitely a person that I do believe in leading with grace and mercy because I mess up a lot. And so because I know I mess up a lot, I need people to give me grace and mercy. So I try to lead with that myself. I think that in this situation, this was this whole situation with these two young ladies was an opportunity for people to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 learn about you know cross cultures, yep. you know, because just off of you know the color of your skin, you look at things different. Your perspective in life is different, mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't really it, it don't really yeah. It, it right. things mean different things, you know. Like things mean different things. Heck, I mean, if not even just you know skin skin things but even you know like just location things somebody from up north you know right. calls calls something you know something like soda pop mm-hmm. you know and so down the south we call it soda so you know there i mean those are just just small pop, right. you need to stop yeah and so, yeah, but, but look, so. don't do that don't do that but look what you're talking about when we were uh talking about social norms and some of the uh some of the things that are acceptable certain social mm-hmm. races we we extend to people because we know, hey, they're from a different culture. When I was mm-hmm. growing up, I had an Asian neighbor. They were Korean. 
you always had to take your shoes off before you came in her house. The Absolutely. mother mm -hmm. said, yeah. take your shoes off, right? And I was cool with it, you know, because coming from a Caribbean family, you ain't supposed to march around yeah, no house. No no mm -hmm. So I had already, I was hip to that. But other friends that I had that would come over, because we all lived in close proximity, why well, I got to take my shoes off, you know? And, and they were always, you know, kind of making a little bit of a, a, a the little, you know, gestures and slangs they say about Asian people and stuff. And, you know, I had to school them a little bit. I was like, look, your shoes are dirty. Do you not yep. understand that? And, and you're bringing dirt from outside, inside. Yeah. And, and a lot of people caught on. But uh, what that brings me to, if you don't have that conversation that RJ was saying, and we don't explain to people, a lot mm -hmm. of people will still walk around with that ignorance. Um, mm -hmm. One of my favorite uh, books that I ever read on, on cultural uh, assimilation and what colonialism did is uh, The Wretched of the Earth by Frantz Fanon, right? Mm -hmm. If we don't have some sort of acceptability for other people's cultures, if we always try to make them assimilate, if we always uh, actually push their culture to aside and say that doesn't count, that's not how you're supposed to do it, that would in turn make someone go crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah. He talks about this because what colonialism did to the, the native the African is say your culture is not acceptable. So it's incorrect. what you do is wrong. So if I'm constantly thinking I'm wrong, I mean, just trying to be a normal person would be such a, 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 a rough transition for me because mentally I, I know my brain is, uh, you know, it's conditioned to do one thing. But as soon as I do that one thing, like I might speak a little louder, West Africans talk a little louder, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Even Italians talk a little louder. Jamaicans talk a little right. louder. I live with one. And I'm like, right. Right. <laughs> I'm constantly telling that person, Shh, be quiet. You're too loud. You're too loud. That in turn would drive them crazy. It yep. creates that a cognitive creates dissonance. Cognitive yep. Dissonance. Yes. So, you know, when you look at this, is when people are always trying to police African-Americans and everything we do is wrong. I think that's why you see the rebellious spirit, why you see actually people do things to the extreme to mm -hmm. kind of show off our culture. And, and we've always worn jewelry. Gold is something that grows. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's indigenous in Africa. Like it's from Africa, diamonds and gold. We want to wear jewelry. And, and we like that the way it looks on our skin. It actually mm -hmm. does. Gold looks excellent on dark skin, right? People look yeah. at that and they're like, they got too much jewelry on. We've, we've been doing it. Well, see, outside of outside of the Western world, again, jewelry is a symbol of uh, it's it's a symbol of the tribe or the yeah. culture, the people you come from. Um, it's a symbol of your wealth, your right? status, status in your community, and so just not in African cultures, in Asian cultures, Asian. Um, South Pacific Asian cultures, like jewelry, Indian cultures, jewelry did that jewelry symbolize something about like the spirits if you were religious okay the piercings a lot of indian women you'll see them with nose piercings and piercings. ear piercings because it has something to do with warding off the spirits it's a religious reason why they are pierced it's not just i'm trying to be gaudy and wear this western world would have you to believe otherwise mm -hmm. but when you open yourself up i think both of you hit on that to just exploring and not demonizing other people's cultures you learn you stand this opportunity to learn so much more about that person right why does the indian woman wear the sari and then when i look at the african woman and she has her clothes wrapped it's called something different and it's called why why does the um the the indian man who wears i think they're called like the Sarah or something yeah, the they have the, the the sikh why does the sikh man wear his hair in a bun that's tied up but it's not just he has that rag on his head. Right. Why does the black man wear his do-rag? Why does why does the black woman wear a silk bonnet? Right. It's it's so we we can rationalize um a turban, we can rationalize the the garb that a Sikh man wears, we can rationalize the garb of a monk. But when it comes to the African-American, let's be real, it's ghetto, it's tasteless, it's tacky. But how many times, and I don't know if y'all live down south, but down south, Walmart is Macy's. Yeah, it Walmart is. is the hangout spot. 
Okay. Wear whatever you people, want to people come to Walmart wearing whatever. You You're going to see pajamas. You're going to see workout clothes. You're going to see the businessman. You're going to see a manner of nonsense. Yeah, you go, you literally are. The later you the later you are in Walmart, you see it all at Walmart. <laughs> It's yeah, okay. I, I work. I used to work there. Boy, you will see everything. You gonna see it all. You gonna see a clothed in righteousness and clothed in something other than that. Right. Okay? Gonna, gonna, gonna get you a trip to the. Kids. Gonna get you a trip to the hot place. Gonna get you a trip to the hot place because you didn't seen it that day. You gonna see more, yeah. than, more right. body than you see on HBO in Walmart. Hey, sometimes, hey, summertime. Right? Summertime. Oh my south. gosh. Summertime yeah. down south. People wear. You gonna the, see some booty meat. Yeah. <laughs> I said, this is this is definitely skin. Oh my gosh, oh, I can't. Man. I can't. I, I felt like turning away, and I was like, oh, I, I shouldn't be looking at this. I didn't see too much. Oh, Lord. But but I say that to say that's the culture of Walmart. When you get in there, you gonna see something. You already know when you going in there. Focus on what you came to buy. Mm -hmm. But see, I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad you brought up the whole Walmart thing. But depending on where you go, the culture is going to change. Right. So like if you go, you you go into the Gucci store, you ain't going to see none of that in the Gucci You're store. You're not going to see. You better Cause, not. Because they're going to walk you right on about it there. And yeah, I mean, whoa, 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 whoa. you might see because you might see some pajamas, but I'm going to guarantee it's going to be the Wilson Sonoma ones with the feathers. No, oh yeah, 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 yeah. They caught they running you for the pajama pants like three, four hundred dollars. Yeah, they yeah. ain't cheap. What a pump. What a what a Jimmy Choo pump at the bottom. Them not the Walmart jammies though. Mm -mm. I I, no. I think that you know, like, you know, for me when I was saying earlier about you know things have to have to be for the betterment of the masses, what you know, what I was referencing was you know, the inclusivity of everyone right. instead instead of the exclusivity of things that I feel don't really don't really belong. Because, again, how will you know that it doesn't belong until you at least investigate it? Exactly. You know, and, and, and me and my sister were having this conversation the other day. And um, for me, like I told her, I said, I have a conversation with anybody about anything. anything. And she was like, you can't talk to everybody about everything. Yeah, you can. Yes, I said, because the thing about it, though, I said, that's how innovation occurs. Somebody had a thought that I can do that better, or I can build something better, or I can make that better. Exactly. And how many people laughed in their face and told them that wasn't a good idea? And then that person said, you know what, I'm going to show you. And they took their idea, they worked on it, and then they made it a thing. And then look where we're at. That's how innovation occurs. And so you can have a conversation with someone and potentially change their thoughts, their patterns of belief, Absolutely. just off a conversation. You ain't got to do nothing but sit down and have a conversation with somebody. For a lot of us, our egos get, to, get in the way. Yeah. You know, our ego gets in the way and our thought process is nobody can tell me how to do something better than what I already know. Mm. And for, for a lot of us, like I said, being inclusive instead of being exclusive is, is I feel is what will carry us to where we're supposed to be because where we're at now like i like i said we are in a progressive society where a lot of things are becoming more acceptable they're becoming more acceptable and they're being more included in everyday society there are things that i remember being a kid we didn't talk about right things like mental health for example we didn't talk about that now we talk about that i think i think in order to keep the level of progression forward moving is not just the acceptance of others, but giving homage and credit to those and saying, Oh, yeah, for sure. This originated from for sure. This is why we have this because we've seen in our culture, and this is where you talk about cultural appropriation comes in. When we people learn about the culture and they take it and say, I am the reason why this is what it is. But yeah. you're not. You're not. In order for mental health to die, we, I mean, y'all know, we do this every day. Oh, this is a new trend. This is not new. People been having this for centuries. Right. Yeah. No, people been depressed. People been ADD. People been anxious. People been psychotic. Like, this it is was, not new. It, it was just called something else. It was called something different. Or we didn't talk about it. 
Yeah, or even know. when or even when a new treatment modality comes out, right. it's just like I'm pretty sure somebody was doing that. I mean, or or you or you stop and think about you like I you know like you know things like cognitive behavioral therapy for example. I was doing that, didn't even know what that was. Didn't even know what it was. Well, our parents were doing it. Exactly. Didn't I tell you to do that? And you use your brain and think about it first. And then before, stop and think. Stop How many of us raised in a black home where your parents be like, why did you do such and so? No, tell me why you did it. Mm -hmm. You still going to get in trouble. But I yeah. want to hear. I want to hear why you did that. But but they're making you stop and process. That, exactly, they're making you stop and process what you did, right? In comparison to what you should have done in order to get the outcome you were supposed to get. What were you? What was the goal that you were trying to get with that? Mm-hmm. Um, did you get it? Did no. you get it did right? It? Did it work? All right. So now I'm gonna show you what's gonna come because you didn't stop and think. I used to. My dad used to do that to me. He would be always ask. Well, what was the thought process behind it? If I thought about it, I wouldn't have did it. Right. That's, <laughs> that's the point. But that's exactly. The help you with impulse control. Uh, and, that, that's one thing that I remember learning as a kid. Because I was so impulsive. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like you have to stop and think. You know, you need to weigh the pros and cons before you do that. And, yeah. That that's not something I that's not out of trouble my teen years. People like, oh, would you you want to do nah? That's gonna uh-uh. require too much thought. Right. Okay, because yep. I gotta think about why I'm gonna tell my parents I decided to do that, and right. you exactly. are not a good enough example. You're not a good enough excuse because such yeah. and so said it. So, so you just don't stuff. got a brain in your own because you don't want to get fussed out. It stops you from doing stuff. You're like, is this worth hearing? You know, our parents fuss at us. No, nah, I ain't gonna do it today. <laughs> so when you talk about our clients and teaching cognitive behavioral therapy, and I'm talking about how thoughts connects with feelings and actions, and I'm mm-hmm. like. One, I get to use my cultural experience right. to teach a textbook, uh, the, the, like uh, theoretical framework that was created by somebody who does not look like me. Right. And mm-hmm. oftentimes to people who look like me and they, they already have made up in their mind, this is not for me because it wasn't written by somebody who looks like me. And I said, stop. It wasn't for us or by us. Psychology is not for us. It's nothing but a white man's version trying to police me and tell me how to think and feel. I said, but it's, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't. Because we all have brains. We all have thoughts. We all have feelings. We all have different behaviors. And we so all have issues. We all have issues. Let's take a look at this person's version of this and see, okay, that's how this impacted them. What can I take from that and see, you know what? This impacts me the same way. Mm -hmm. When I do this to somebody and it makes them feel like, you know what? Yeah, she handed me my behind on a platter. All right, so now I'm going to take that and I'm going to do that to the next person. When I want to show them, oh, I'm handing you your behind on a platter. Right. Mm -hmm. Right? When I'm trying to change certain behaviors, this person's behavior may have been you know what? I'm trying to figure out how to navigate my millions. And the next person, I'm just trying to figure out how to navigate my hundreds. All right. Yeah. But I'm still navigating money. I'm right. still shifting my perspective. I'm still shifting my narrative. And so I think when we just appreciate and we honor people's perspective, we honor their stance, we honor what they got going on, maybe it's something totally different. I remember being a high schooler. And uh, I skied, okay? I camped in every type of environment. I know how to start a fire from almost nothing. I was definitely in my bag. That's experience. Listen, I I have went tubing. I've been on the lake. I I go out, I tan. People are like, there you go again. And I am. On the beach. (laughs) On the beach. In the water. On the beach. Okay, with with my suntan lotion on because I want a little more chocolate sitting out there. I might have a little aluminum foil. If I would have never gone to Italy, um, even though I've seen pictures, I would have never understood that culture as much as I understand them now. I mm-hmm. actually saw people in Italy that did not look like anybody I've seen in the United States say they were Italian. Because mm-hmm. some of them were so dark that it threw me off. I was mm-hmm. like, wow. 
I was like, these people have some natural tans because they're so mm-hmm. close to the Mediterranean. These people don't look, quote unquote, like our Europeans. Because I, I figured they would look so much because of what I've seen in TV. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I went there. I didn't know they had a very similar uh, Latin cultural thing. They do their own version of the siesta. Businesses mm-hmm. shut down at lunch. Oh, I, oh, I need to go there. For three, four hours. They don't open back till later. I didn't know any of these things. So now I have more cultural appreciation. I understand their real culture more than just what I thought was spaghetti and pizza. The pizza don't even, they don't make pizza out there. They make the margarita pizza, which is kind of like a flatbread. They don't eat the same stuff that we eat here. That ain't make the margarita for Americans who visit. Right. Anytime, anytime you go asking for spaghetti and this and that, None of that stuff looks like this nasty crap that they have out here. No offense to people who like, you know, American spaghetti and pizza and stuff. But none of that stuff was over there. None of that stuff looked like that. But if I hadn't went over there, I would have already thought, I already thought like everything was like what I seen in New York. Right. But see, see, you you speak to what, you know, I was saying earlier about travel. You know, you you stepped outside your box. And Unique talked about that before in a previous episode in regards to stepping outside the box and experiencing what's what's outside the box rather than what's inside the box all the time. And I think that for a lot of us, when it comes to social norms, you got to step outside the box. Yeah. Um, you got to step outside the box because you don't know what you're missing or what you're giving up on or what you're what's passing you by when you stay inside your little square. And when you are not willing to at least like you know, like what we've been saying, acknowledging other people's cultures and and acknowledging other people's perspectives. Mm -hmm. I think that for a lot of us, um, what we don't realize is that uh, there's a guy who created, he was, he did like a comic strip. His name was Max Cannon. He said, people are going to behave however the societal norms permit and Mm -hmm. even beyond that. And for a lot of us, because there are certain norms, we will, you know, there's this line, I'm not going to cross the line because society tells me I'm not supposed to cross this line, you know, but the thing is this right here, you know, there are certain behaviors that are on this side of the line that are not appropriate for all of society. See, that's what you I was know? thinking on. You got to remember certain things are on, only going to be understood in context. Yeah. Right. Some of the things that we do, um, it, it's just, it's understood by the people in the context that, you know, we, they were birthed. Mm-hmm. I have a group of friends. One of our friends is, she's gone now, so rest in peace to her. But there was a time in college, we all came up with code names and they were all male names. So my best friend, her name is Bob. Uh, we got our homegirl, she's white. Her name is Tom. And we had a black girl who was very black. Her name was Mike. Um, and my name was Frank. The reason why we came up with the reason why we came up with said names, it had ties to our personality, um, people we were into at the time, and just how we were moving. But people who see us outside and we I'm like, hey Bob, what's up? Why do you call her Bob? And so people have tried to call her Bob. I was like, mm, I can't call you Bob around everybody because the context is not going to be there, right. right? Why they might call you Bob will be different from the reason why I called you Bob. And it's not going to mean the same. Does that mean that she's not still Bob? No, nah, it doesn't mean that at all. It, it doesn't mean that I need to not ever call her that, but I can only call her that in a context with, where it will be received well. As a pastor's, t- growing up as a pastor's kid, I had to be very cautious. And Roger Mel has known me for over a decade now. Ooh, mm-hmm. gag, <laughs> gag. But as a pastor's kid, I think he has seen the many moods of unique. And some people be like, oh, well, you just hide who you are. Many people didn't know I was a pastor's kid because I always, I was careful to protect my my image that my father had um, because of his profession. And so certain things, I didn't mix worlds. If you knew me over here, baby, you might not ever get to see me over here because you're not going to understand certain cultural references. 
certain friends, I would never bring to church because it's just the culture there. You're not going to understand the context and you're going to do something that is going to be very ostracizing in that environment. I think abnormal at times, black people, and I'm going to say it, shoot me in the comments. We have to understand that everything is not for everybody. It's just not. Monique talked about wearing a bonnet and a do-rag to the airport. And pajama pants. And pajama pants. Is there a time and a place for that? 100%. Yeah. Give it to you every day, all day, baby. But in the workplace, is, is it not because, okay, well, they just don't understand. They're trying to minimize my Blackness. No. In the workplace, I want someone who is dressed in a way that's going to convey the context of what you're there to do. Right. When exactly. I come to work every day and I work from home, but I have on my glasses from at least the waist up, I'm presentable. Maybe I might have on pajamas. I ain't going to hold Look, I might have on some sweatpants, okay? But as far as my clients can see, I'm presentable. I'm not eating while I'm on the camera. Or if I am, I'm just eating something light, like, you know, a cracker or something, because I'm there talking for so long. And my clients are like, oh, no, you can get up and do this. You can. I said, I'm at work. Right. <laughs> I have to maintain a level of professionalism. Now, do my clients always come presentable? Nah. They don't. <laughs> they be coming looking like they hop right out the bed. Yeah. And sometimes they be yeah. in the bed. Yep. But it's, it's a level up. of professionalism that I say, even though we're both at home, even though the context would be understood here, because I'm at work and you're not, I want you to always be able to respect whatever I'm saying from that context mm-hmm. as yep. African Americans and as representatives of our global system remembering everybody's not going to get this when taken out of context. Mm-hmm. And I don't want anybody to unfairly judge people who look like me because I'm taking something that will be understood in my close bubble to mm-hmm. people who are unaware of who I am. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just not going to do that. Certain conversations I have in my house with my float with my family, my close knit group, I'm not gonna have those conversations in public. I'm I'm just not. Certain conversations we have on this podcast through our text messages and you know our group text. Our group text is sacred. We're not we would never publicize our group text <laughs> on the internet. Okay. We would none of us probably would have licenses. But I would because I'm a saint. All right, here oh, you go. He felt from having the day after I did, y'all. <laughs> but okay. What you're saying is some really good stuff. I wish people would listen to that, what you mm-hmm. just said. All right. Not everything is for everybody. And not take yeah. offense to it. Don't get and, defensive. We're and not understanding time and place too. Yeah, time and place. Everything yeah. has a time and place. We're not saying you can't be you. Because you mm-hmm. are beautiful, you is wonderful, you are love, all those good things. But you are dynamic. It, you are dynamic, right? If You're not one-dimensional version of yourself. Yeah, you can you can actually, you know, still be you, but know there's a time and a place to do some of those other things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You really, uh, I think people do get offensive because they think we're trying to dumb them down or or say that you can't be this vibrant personality. You can. Mm-hmm. But there's a time and a place for everything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I think as we, that's a part of the educational piece, right? Teaching, mm-hmm. I am dynamic. Um, there is more to me than what you understand about my culture. Or what or you've what seen you on television. Right. Yeah, there's more to me than that, right? There's. There, I listen to different music than what you traditionally would speak. I've, I've gotten into Ubers and they automatically turn to like hip hop. And I'm like, <laughs> you could have easily have put that on NPR. You could have kept it on a country station. You could have mm-hmm. kept it on a Latin station. Like there's a plethora of things right. you could have kept it on. 
Mm-hmm. I, I was not trying to hear. I wasn't trying to be knocking you bucking today. Okay, I wasn't trying to hear no drill music today. I was trying to go to work calm, and now I'm ready to fight. Like I, I really wasn't on that vibe this morning. I listened to a little gospel, but now you got me hyped. Look, I was that goes to show you on the way to work. Trying to have a mindful moment, but that mm-hmm. goes to show you people automatically sometimes assume things. Where I think just educating them on that, I might, I might have wanted to feel controversial and listen to a little Howard Stern because I just wanted some argue points from the other side. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. I have yeah. like, a, as I like, a, I like to see what, what you know, my cousins are doing over there. Mm-hmm. I like hanging with the cousins and going to do, you know, things that they do. And it's not because I'm trying to be white. No, I am unapologetically black in those spaces. But mm-hmm. I don't mind going square dancing and throwing a little twerk in right, with it as a two-step. Right. Because, baby, black people line dance. Right. So I'm going to go to this hoedown with the with cowgirl <laughs> boots on, with a loud shirt, okay? And it might be tied at the top with a little mini skirt, some cowgirl boots, baby, and my twist, honey. But I'm look, coming and I'm respecting their space. But that's the only way you learn about somebody else's culture. Yep. You know what I mean? You have to immerse yourself sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. Me being from Prince George's County, Maryland, I grew up listening to go-go music. Well, I blast go-go music if somebody from uh, down south or somebody from somewhere else comes no, in my car. Probably not. Because they, they wouldn't understand it. They'd say, what is all these banging and drums? And uh, he's remixing songs. Which all just repetitive. But it, it calms me down because I grew up listening as a child, and it actually will be nostalgic for me. It'll calm me down. I can listen to some rare essence, some junkyard, backyard, and I can mm-hmm. run down the street uh, mm-hmm. and go exercise and listen to that. But there's a time and a place. I don't. Mm-hmm. If I had somebody in my car who didn't know anything about, it, I couldn't crank that up. And ride, they'd be looking at me like I'm crazy. So there's all unless you're trying to educate them. Hey, I'm trying yeah, to put and, you and, on and to something I'm different. Yeah, we could have a good conversation. I could educate them, but that music I usually keep it with me or when I go home, because I get it all day long when I go home, it's on the radio. So it's different for me. But I know there's a time and a place. There's a lot of stuff that I like to do. I like listening to some classical. I'll do that while I'm studying or doing some, you know, doing something online. I don't play classical every minute. I, I, I know people don't want to hear that, you know, mm-hmm. but there's a time and a place. Yep, absolutely. So we're going to end the conversation here. Uh, this is Try Not to Overthink It, signing out. I'm RJ. I'm Unique. And I'm Khalil. And we will catch you in the next episode. If you like what you heard, we ask that you stop by the YouTube channel because we can be found on YouTube as Try Not to Overthink It. Um, mm-hmm. If you stop by the channel, we ask that you like, share, subscribe. Uh, share the content, um, turn your notifications on because we do drop content every single week. Uh, we are growing and growing and growing and we, you know, we want you to become part of the tribe and participate in the conversations with us. Uh, mm-hmm. If you would prefer to watch, uh, listen to the episode instead of watch it, we can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Audible, pretty much everywhere there is an audio file available, we can be found. I don't know why you'd prefer to listen to the episode instead of watch it because you miss out on these faces and just the antics. Both. Just do both. Yeah, just yeah. Just, as a matter of fact, just do both. You know, slap that slap that you know button on the on the YouTube channel, and then also you know listen to the episode as well. Help us out. Um, but again, uh, we we ask that you you know check us out, and we want to thank you for for participating in the conversation with us. Uh, we will catch you in the next episode later. Mm-hmm.